Angela, thank you for coming on today and taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to little old me. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's sort of get straight into it. Um, tell me sort of a bit about your background and uh, what you do. So for those people that don't obviously follow you and know who you are, gain sort of what you're doing, what you're about. Cool. All right. So I am Angela Hauk and I am from a small little town in Ontario, Canada. So 1,000 people is what I grew up around. We did not have a grocery store. And my mom had the diner in town. So didn't have a grocery store, but we had the little diner that my mom had. So that was my life growing up. So going to the diner, eating chicken fingers and fries, drinking pop. Like we didn't have family meals. It was just come to the diner. What do you want? And then that's what I ate. And never an athlete, never played sports or anything. Just kind of like small town girl growing up around cows and horses and and the diner that was my life until I was about 21 so at that point my weight was 200 I had like never exercised so I was like oh low energy always sleeping just feeling like a bag of shit all of the time to be honest was low self-esteem like hiding behind layers of makeup and like cropping my body out of pictures because I felt so self-conscious just about the way that I looked and so I used to diary quite frequently and I remember opening my diary this is when I was 21 and I just wrote a diary entry that was like I don't want to feel this way anymore I want to just be done with all this like the way that I'm feeling right now so that was the beginning of this epic weight loss journey that has brought me to today. I am almost 30, so it's almost been a decade since that moment, but that is what catapulted me into where I'm at right now as a fitness competitor, successful online um, personal training and nutrition coaching business, and those in between years had a couple of turbulent points that I do want to bring to your attention because I think they bring some context to where I'm at right now. So... I go through this weight loss journey, I lose, I don't know, like 60, 70 pounds or something like that-ish. And at that point, I didn't know how to eat healthy. My family didn't know how to eat healthy. All I knew was that chicken and vegetables were good. That was like all, and fruit. Chicken, vegetables, and fruit. I knew those were healthy, so that's all I ate. And I wouldn't even put dressing on my lettuce. I literally would eat like a bowl of lettuce with like chicken. It's so ridiculous. But I knew that like those were three things were healthy and I knew that I had to move my body. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to walk. Didn't have weights or anything. It was like, I'm just going to walk and run and listen to my shitty country music and just be like, okay, it's fine. And then day after day, the weight just kept rolling off. And because I just had been eating so shitty and like hadn't been exercising, to be honest, that like big weight loss journey was really freaking easy because I went from like probably eating, I don't know, ridiculous amount of calories and not exercising for like a long time. And then all of a sudden was like, okay, chicken, vegetables and fruit. And it was, um, yeah, it, it was successful. So that was the first stage. But then what ended up happening is I was like so afraid of eating anything other than those things that I knew to be healthy. And I also was in this stage of I'd already went to school for broadcasting journalism and had decided that, okay, radio is not for me. I'm just going to, I don't know, just party and 
be a little bit of a crazy bitch. So during that time to manage my weight, I got pretty heavy into drugs and alcohol and became a bartender and did that for like two or three years. So I was still exercising, wasn't taking care of my nutrition though. I was just like managing my weight by eating like shit, like bare minimum food, doing a bunch of drugs. And then like that was keeping me skinny. So it was like this roller coaster of ups, downs, um, not with my weight, but with my happiness level. So I was doing this job that wasn't really making me happy, but it made a lot of money, which I was able to um, finance my lifestyle. And I was just kind of in this lost place until I was about 25. When I was like, you know what, I'm buying a one way trip one-way ticket to Europe and I'm just going to figure life out while I'm over there. So I took this trip to, I landed in Barcelona, Spain and then all by myself and I'm like, I'm just going to backpack maybe like three months until my money like runs out. So there I was just venturing, still pretty heavy into partying and just trying to figure my life out and trying to figure out like what in the world am I going to do? So I can vividly remember being in uh, Biza, Spain, and I was like coming down from doing MDMA and like sitting, um, sitting by myself in a cafe, and I was like, you know what? Like, I need to do more than this. And I opened. There was like a, it was like either a newspaper or a magazine or something, and it had this really interesting article or really interesting like I don't know like saying in it, and it said something to the nature of like, how do you want to be remembered? And it went through all the things of like. People aren't going to remember this. They're not going to remember this. They're not going to remember this. All that they're going to remember when you pass on is the legacy that you leave. And I sat there in that cafe like, dude, this can't be my life. I can't be remembered like this. I can't be remembered as like this train wreck girl that like <laughs> is fun for a few hours. But like she's a mess. She's a hot mess just kind of stumbling through life, you know. And I just sat there and was like, you know what? Like I think I need to give this fitness and nutrition thing a try. So after all of the craziness of that trip being robbed and hitchhiking and just ending up in like some really dangerous situations, I was like, okay, girl, you're 25, go home, write your parents a letter and say, I'm sorry, I'm moving back in. I got no money, but I'm going to try to figure my life out at this point. <laughs> they had already kind of given up on me a little bit. They were like, whatever, she's just a train wreck. Like they still loved me, but they were like, we're sick of helping you. You need mm -hmm. to just figure your life out. So I wrote them this letter and was like, okay, I'm going to do fitness and nutrition. And they had seen me kind of like dabble in it over the past couple of years, but they were like, okay, whatever. We're just not giving you money. You can live here, but we're not giving you money. So that began the beginning of where I'm at right now. So now at the beginning, I did not have any personal training certifications. I walked into a gym and they were looking for personal trainers. And I was like, you know what? I know a little bit about fitness. I'm not certified, but I'm just going to write them a letter and say like, hey guys, like I'm interested in fitness and like I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to like still go through the courses but like can you just like give me the job and then I'll learn as I go and I'll just shadow you guys and you guys will just kind of like help me and the manager was like yeah girl great you have good enthusiasm I know you don't know all the things that you need to know but we'll walk you through the ropes and they took a chance on somebody who at that point, I didn't even know if I believed in myself, but I was like, I just need to take a shot and see if this gym will, uh, yeah, will take a chance on me. 
So from there, I did my first competition, kind of amidst all of that. So I was getting certified, decided I was going to do my first show, and then we did my first show and was kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. I got second last place, but like it was the most ripped I had ever been. So I was like, that's fine. I got like there's room for improvement. I should probably know how to pose. I probably should like not have a shitty tan. I probably shouldn't try to do my own makeup. Like all those first timer competitor mistakes. Like it was a good learning experience. And so I worked at the gym for a couple of years and then I moved to Toronto to move in with my now fiance. And I was like, Oh my God, I went from my small little town of a thousand people to Toronto, which is like, you, you're not even from Canada and you know, Toronto is like massive. So I was like, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna believe in me in Toronto I can't go into a Toronto gym and then be like oh cool you're from Teeswater like where the fuck is that so <laughs> so then that's that I went there and was like okay screw it I'm gonna do online and I'm gonna still train all the same clients that I trained back in my small little town and then maybe there'll be some more like online people that think like oh hey your story's kind of cool or hey like you lost some weight, you overcame a drug addiction, and like, I just feel like we could click. And that's when my online business started. And now I have clients that are kind of all over the world, like Turkey, Hawaii, Bermuda, all over the States, all over Canada, UK, like just kind of everywhere. And I've been able to find a lot of people who resonate with a lot of the struggles that I have went through throughout the course of my life. And now, right now, current space right now I have a crazy two-year-old toddler who is amazing but also drives me totally crazy and everything is a big struggle because everything is a temper tantrum but love you Theodore you're awesome and I also am training for my comeback show so I haven't competed now in four years also had a baby in between so this is my comeback show in 10 weeks that I'm doing so if you guys want to go and check out my Instagram at Ange you can follow my journey there. I'm also posting weekly updates on YouTube. So you can follow what it is that I'm doing in that department as well. But that's me in a nutshell. And most days I'm, yeah, just kind of flying by the seat of my pants and just seeing how where the wind takes me. <laughs> so obviously uh, working in the fitness industry myself, um, a lot of women that come into the gym obviously have <laughs> given birth for, like, recently or six months ago. Uh, even to a year ago, and they're struggling to get back in into shape. Um, what sort of tips would you would you give them? Because obviously you're in shape yourself. You've you've got a two year old. Um, how did that journey kind of start from start for you? Yeah, yeah. So a few things in terms of like that stage for moms. So I actually think it starts before the baby comes out, and there is going to be some tips I give you for if you've already had your baby, but I do want to talk about for those that are pregnant and, um, yeah, just thinking to themselves, like, how do I have a healthy pregnancy so that the journey later isn't all or isn't as bad. And I really think that we set ourselves up for success for that postpartum journey throughout the pregnancy, right? Like pregnancy and that nine month period is not your excuse to be like, okay, well, I'm, I normally eat healthy, but during this period of time, I'm not going to eat healthy. Or I normally exercise, but during this period of time, I'm not going to exercise. Like sometimes I think we fall into that trap of like, okay, I'm just going to get the baby weight off but there's tons that you can do just by even walking throughout your pregnancy and staying active and 
being mindful about the foods that you're consuming so that your starting ground is instead of being 80 pounds heavier, maybe your starting ground is only 40 pounds heavier. Maybe your starting ground is only 50 pounds heavier or whatever that is. So that's one thing that I would say, like, think about that. And maybe you've already had a baby, but maybe down the line, you're going to have another one. So that's something to be mindful of. You do want to prepare yourself um, for that part. The other part is now we've had the baby. Um, what can we do about what it is that uh, what it is that has happened? So at least six weeks before we resume to normal exercise or weightlifting is typically what I suggest. But walking is something that is very very underrated. A lot of people are like, I go to the gym and I got to run and I got to um, like push 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 push. As, like they feel like if I push harder, the baby is just going to come off quicker. And the, what actually happens? is that your pelvic floor has been like supporting a really big baby and it's had all this weight that's been coming down on it so when you go into like I'm gonna do a boot camp or I'm gonna do like running 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 what's happening is your pelvic floor is not ready to do that so what ends up happening is to be honest you pee all over the place <laughs> and you're like I'm sure if you've worked with moms you know they're always they're always talking about how they pee and women think that like that is just the what they're stuck with they're like oh I had a baby I'm just going to pee forever but really that's not the case it's just the circumstance of decreasing the amount of high intensity exercise that you're doing for something that's uh, lower intensity so choosing walking over running choosing elliptical over um, something that's going to have that impact on the pelvic floor is something that's really important. Now, I don't know if you guys in the UK have this, but here we have pelvic floor physiotherapy. And that's something that no matter what, I think a woman after having a baby needs to go do. And what it is, is it's repairing internally. So what happens for moms is they come to me and they go, I got this like little pooch thing. And it's like all hanging out on the front of my stomach. And it looks like I'm still pregnant. And what in the world is it? And it's that you haven't repaired internally. So your rectus abdominis, like those front abdominal muscles, they had a stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch. And then now you have this baby, and especially if you've had a few babies, they've never had time to go back together. So now we just have this connective tissue on the front of your body that's not connected. So when you go to like do a lot of movements, even like front-loading positions like planks and stuff, your rectus abdominis can't support you or those ab muscles can't support you. So you still have this pooch that's hanging out there and you haven't repaired internally. And that's where a pelvic floor physiotherapist comes in 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 a way that a trainer can't come in and that's the same as okay you hurt your shoulder and you're like oh I have a lot of pain in my shoulder okay I'm gonna go to a physiotherapist pelvic floor physiotherapy is the exactly same thing you need a professional to be able to help you rehabilitate from the inside out or at least kind of get like what is it that's going on internally or you're gonna get super lean and you're still gonna have this like little pooch because those internal muscles have not uh, have not repaired now, in terms of additional things that can help, weightlifting is certainly something that I think we should start introducing after that six-week mark. Muscle is incredible because it's able to help you burn more calories on the regular. It's able to make you create that like toned or muscular look or just more defined look on your body. So we do need to have weight training a couple days a week. Depending on the time that you have available, you might only be doing like 15-minute sessions a couple times a week. It's really just what you have available as a mom. But integrating 
uh, integrating those big muscle movements will, will be the foundation of it. So you want squats in your program, you want deadlifts in your program, you want shoulder presses in your program. All of those like standard big muscle groups, you want to make sure that you're working, uh, working those guys. But that's only like half of the puzzle. The other big piece is the diet piece. So if you're somebody who's breastfeeding, just coming off, we, we just had our baby and we're, we're breastfeeding and worried about our milk supply, don't go too crazy into a deficit. I'm now over two years postpartum and I really like dieted super, super slow. If you check out my social media, you can kind of see what things looked like, like after my son. So yeah. 175-ish pounds, I'm now like 125-ish, so like slow, 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 slow dieting, slow deficit, slow amount of um, fat loss versus aggressive fat loss so that your skin isn't all like just hanging out, guys. If you diet really quickly, your skin's just going to be hanging out and you're not going to be happy with that. You're going to be like a smaller version of it, but you're not going to be happy with like what the actual skin looks like, which is a struggle for um, a lot of moms. So what I recommend with your nutrition is I'm a big advocate for flexible dieting and counting macros, but I don't think that that comes in the form of typing it into a calculator and saying, hey, how much should I eat? I think it goes from like, where are you at right now with your calories and then cutting from there. So what, what I'll always have clients do or what I always suggest for women to do is track a couple of weeks into my fitness file account, get like a baseline, get a, okay, this is how much I'm eating. And don't lie to yourself. Don't be like, okay, well, that kind of looks like it was about a cup. Like, measure that shit. See if it's actually a cup and get, like, a baseline. And then you'll be able to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to cut back a little bit. That's not rocket science. If you're eating 2,000 calories and you want to lose a little bit of weight, it's not rocket science that you need to bring yourself into a deficit. But the best recommendation I have is don't be crazy about your deficit. A little bit at a time, see how your body responds after a couple of weeks of it, especially if you're breastfeeding, because we don't want to go like 1200 calorie diet and then your poor little baby isn't going to get any milk and you're going to feel like shit and you're just going to be hungry and moody all the time. Like start high, keep your baby happy and be okay with the fact that it might take you multiple years to get to that end goal. But why not do it right and like do it slow, do it right and not be in a circumstance of like, okay, well, you know, I'm not really there because I was trying to get the results too quickly. And that's why I hate crash diets. I hate detox diets. I hate all that shit of like, here's your like non, like here, here's your little package that you're going to do for like a couple of months and then you're going to get all these crazy results and then you're not going to have any clue what to do after the program's over and you're going to be left with just a mess of like, not knowing what to do next. You're going to jump into another program because you're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. So all I can do is like a new program, right? I think the best tool you can do is teach yourself how to eat. Um, teach yourself how to eat and then slowly decrease your calories with your protein staying uh, staying high. So generally from your diet, I say anywhere from 30 to 40 percent or 30 to 40 percent uh, protein, depending on that. Uh, depending on where you're at. If you're only eating a smidgen of protein right now, I'm not going to tell you to go up to 40% because that's just going to be way too big of a jump. If right now you're only getting like 20 grams of protein, you're going to slowly increase that up until you get yourself to a place where you're about um, about a gram for, for your current body weight. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I find that um, a lot of people want like the 
results so fast. It's like, oh, it needs to be done tomorrow. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I say to people, you know, it's, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, you don't need to uh, do these crash diets or drastically decrease your calorie intake because it's not sustainable in the long run. Do you know what I mean? So obviously then they get to a certain point and they may, they may get to their results but then it's not sustainable. So what happens is they end up start piling it back on, fluctuating in weight and appearance. And, you know, it has, I think, like sort of a mental implication as well because you're like, oh, I'm feeling well shitty today. Oh, today I look good. Like it's so, uh, it dips, you know, up and down so much. Um, <clears throat> touching on the diet aspect of it, what are your views on sort of like herbal life? Do you have that in America? Um, I think... Uh, I think- like a, I think herbal life is like a like meal replacement tea yeah. kind of thing. Interesting because I talk about this in my YouTube video this week, so it's kind of on my brain. So I do use meal replacement shakes; they're isogenics, but I don't believe that isogenics is like oh I gotta use isogenics. I only do it because meal replacement it like fits for my lifestyle. Meal replacement is like easier when I have to eat a boatload of food. Like yes, I'm in a competition prep, but I'm still eating like enough food that it's a lot of time to prep all those meals. Meal replacement shake is just a tool that I use to save time. Being on a program that's like herbal life is the only way to lose weight or like here's your like everybody fit into this cookie cutter box and like no matter where you're at right now, no matter your age, no matter whatever, this is the program that everybody should be on. A lot of people aren't going to see success with that and I don't think that you should ever only have one tool in your toolkit. That's why I use supplements from like a wide array of companies. That's why I like don't believe in just one methodology. I feel like everybody needs to find what fits for them. And that's where I think a coach is really, really helpful if they're a good coach in not saying, okay, this is what you have to do. They help you find what is going to be the best approach for you and what's going to be the most sustainable approach for you. That might be integrating meal replacement shakes, but a lot of people don't like drinking their calories and that's not sustainable for them. They're like, okay, I can do that shake program for a couple months, but eventually I'm going to be like, fuck you shakes I this tastes like you know like so like I think you just have to find what it is that's going to um get you results but also be like I could see myself eating this way for a long period of time and it not being like something I hate a drag yeah no I mean um, a lot of people sort of that that I know um who are trying to lose weight or whatever they kind of scrap eating pretty much all together and it's just yeah meal replacement and it's like yeah i have these three shakes a day mm-hmm. and uh this little protein bar and that's it and i'm just like doesn't teach you how to eat you still <laughs> you know? gotta go out yeah you still gotta go out and eat you still gotta go out and eat at restaurants you're still gonna find yourself going and getting fast food sometimes you're still gonna be at birthday parties you still have to learn how to freaking eat right Mm -hmm. like you you can't just be on a program that's only shakes all the time because as soon as you get yourself into a situation where it's like not a shake or maybe you forgot your shakes it's like well fuck it i'm getting a burger and fries because i don't got my shake right now and like that's a stupid mentality right like that's a that's a really dumb mentality for long-term sustainability with the way that you're approaching your nutrition. And that's where you need to learn outside of the Herbalife world and outside of the whatever meal replacement shake world, you need to learn how to go into a situation, make a good choice and be okay with it so that it's not a situation of feeling as though, um, 
not a situation of feeling like, okay, today's a write-off because I just had this one bad meal or because I had this one bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, sort of what you're doing is kind of integrating the two and having, like, obviously proper meals and food along with the, the meal replacement slash supplementation is the way forward, do you know what I mean? Because obviously I understand people are on the go sometimes or, um, you know, you've got the child rush in the morning, you've got to get your kids to school and that. It's probably quite handy to have, like, a, a shake then. But obviously don't forget that you do need to incorporate other things and keep your... Uh, keep track of those calories so you're not drastically decreasing by by a stupid amount and end up with flabby skin all over the place or whatever because you've not you've not done it right in the first place mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, I, to, I, wanted to, I just wanted to add one other point in uh, in relation to all of that so that's really just so many people are looking for the supplement that is going to make them get to that end goal. And when it comes to nutrition, I feel like we can reference Eric Helms. He's amazing and has the nutrition pyramid. And when you're looking at his nutrition pyramid, you're looking at, okay, what are the big rocks? What are the things that matter? And like supplementation is the, uh, like it's the last thing right on the top. So unless you have the other things of the pyramid taken care of, Supplements aren't going to do what they're supposed to do, or you might be looking for supplements to do the roles of everything else, but it's just not a sustainable approach. So the way that I teach clients and the way that I like to educate people about nutrition is like the, the first thing that matters when it comes to nutrition is like, are we in a deficit if we want to lose weight? Are we in maintenance amount of calories? Are we in a surplus? With that, everybody's different. You can't find that out just by like typing that into Google and being like, oh, what is my caloric deficit? You can get a number, but what it is going to be relative to the way that you've been eating over the past couple of months and past couple of years is going to be able to show you what your true maintenance is. And that's where tracking that food when you're first starting lets you know, like, do I maintain this weight on this amount of calories, right? So that's the first thing. That's the big rock, right? Like, are we in a caloric deficit? Um, if we're trying to lose weight. And then the next thing that matters is where are those calories coming from? So are they coming from carbs, fats, protein? How much of your diet or how much of those calories are coming from each of those three items? Now, in terms of where the calories should be coming for, from, it's going to depend on if you're strength training, if you're not strength training, also going to depend on your preference. Some people like to eat more fat. Some people like to eat more carbs. Some people feel really good with tons of carbs. Some people don't. And that's a little bit of like an experimental process that you have to go through to find out like sometimes we just get to a point where too much carbs just has us feeling lethargic it doesn't give us extra energy we just kind of feel like laying on the couch and being being a sloth right and then the next level of the pyramid so if you've mastered yeah yeah the calories are right where I'm getting the calories from are are good so we got that taken care of then we're looking at micronutrients so then we're looking at where's your fiber for the day what what are your vitamins and minerals looking like does it look like you're not like does it look like you're getting enough iron does it look like you're getting enough vitamin c uh, like all of those sorts of things are the next thing that i'll dive into with a client then i actually go into nutrient timing prior to supplementation so if we have not mastered all four of those items we're not introducing supplementation so it's only my most inter like most intermediate like high level intermediate and advanced people that I'm even introducing supplementation 
four and it's only if they've mastered all the other four levels and we feel good that they're like doing them on a consistent basis so then at that point we're looking at nutrient timing so like are they getting enough protein and carbs around their training sessions to allow them to train hard and recover properly um and then some days we might do more food. Some days we might do um, more carbohydrates, like the scheduled refeeds or high and low days. So we're playing around with all of that before I even go like, okay, now I can introduce supplements. Because you really need to be a master at all of those other things, in my opinion, before we think that that supplementation, which is going to give you a competitive edge, that extra 2% or extra 3%, if you haven't got all the other shit mastered, me throwing a supplement your way is like you pissing away money, in my opinion, because there's so many other things that we can do naturally before we add in the supplementation to give you the competitive edge to just make sure you've mastered it um, and then you have all of those habits in place. And then it's like, okay, you got all this in place. Yep, you're a rock star. You're good at macros. Everything's balanced. You're consistent. All of these things are very automatic for you. Okay, now we're going to add in a couple supplements that might be able to help you get the results or, or get to that end goal. So what motivates you? <clears throat> like what gets you sort of up in the morning ready, challenging yourself? Because a lot of people, um, this this can kind of be a two sort of questions, is um, how do you develop that mindset as well? So there's some people out there that are not motivated and you can try and push them and give them as much motivation as they can and they might dip into it for a little bit but then they seem to just fall back into that habit because they haven't got that correct mindset. How do you sort of tweak that and also tell us why you're motivated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with why I'm motivated and then we'll get into some mindset stuff. So in terms of, I got, I got a couple different motivations. So my competition prep mindset or like being motivated for motivated for that is just that there's an end goal right for anybody whether you want to lose a couple pounds or you want to, whatever your goal is that goal has to be like so clear in your mind and then there's going to be like some progression towards that goal so I think that's the first thing if you're not setting goals and this isn't even just in fitness if you're not setting goals you're just staying stagnant and I hate that shit I hate the idea of like this is my life this is what I'm always gonna do I'm never gonna make any progress like you got to set goals and you got to be ballsy enough to go after them, even if you're scared as fuck. Um, so I think that's the first thing is that you got to set this big audacious goal that right now is going to scare you, but you're putting that out, you're putting that out and that's going to be what's going to get your ass out of bed um, when you're feeling like you're not want to do it. Now, deeper than that, you got to know why the fuck that goal even matters to you. And that's the bigger question, right? Like, yeah, you want to lose 10 pounds, but what the hell is that going to change about your life? Right? Like, I'll get clients come into me, they'll be like, I don't have any pictures with my kids because I'm embarrassed by the way that my body looks. And I'm like, dude, we got to fix that shit. We, you need to get pictures with your kids because your family matters to you. You're telling me that your family is a priority to you. So that's what you need to think about. I don't want you to think about like what, I don't want you to think about the 10 pounds. All I want you to do is think about like, you know what? It's going to feel freaking awesome when I can take these pictures and feel really um really incredibly confident so visualizing what that is is a big big motivator for me on the daily and everybody is very very different but finding that motivation you got to dig internally because it can be some really deep-rooted shit even from your childhood and like 
that's the reason why you want to lose weight. Like maybe when you were younger, your mom used to always like make comments about your weight or like maybe there was a boy in your class who used to always make comments about your weight. It could be anything, right? But like that has stuck with you internally. Like, and that is the reason why or that's what you're going to use to channel it, right? Is that frustration from everybody always telling you. Like for me, everybody always called me chubby and that was enough to like, like I grew up all through high school, and so I was just I was a chubby girl. It's fine, and that was enough motivation to just keep me going, right? Like keep me going of like you know what, you know what, people, if they ever see me at a high school reunion or they ever see me on social media, their jaw is gonna drop because they're gonna be like, holy fuck, she's changed. <laughs> and I like that. That that was a motivator for me at the fa- at the beginning. But you need to find like what is that motivator internally that's like you know that's gonna make that's going to get me out of bed. And like, even if, say you sign up, say, let's say you do sign up for a challenge or sign up for a program with somebody or like sign up for anything. You know, there needs to be something that like is a goal or an like a goal or a reward or something at the end that means something to you. And like for some people, you might sign up for something where you are gonna get money or you might sign up for something that is going to mean that like you're gonna be able to wear address at something but you need to have something in your mind that's like life is going to be different and I can imagine that in my mind on how life was going to be different uh so that's competition prep now the reason why I do what I do and the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do is just the fact of like I want people to when I die be like she changed my life in some way shape or form and like my only my only goal is to leave this place leave this place this bliss place planet whatever <laughs> leave this place healthier than when like healthier than than when uh, than, than than before because I think the world needs it we need more healthy people freaking gets me so frustrated thinking about how many people are just like dying and, and so sick and ugh, it's unfortunate but we do need a healthier world so that lights me up and how do we get our mindset in the right spot? So I think we get our mindset in the right spot by realizing that you have to take fucking responsibility for your life. You know, like nobody else can come along and like hold your hand and be like, okay, like I'm going to walk you through this path. Yes, there's people around you that are going to support you. But you have a choice in every single situation to be like, you know what, this could be a really great situation or this could be a really shitty situation. But you have control of that. And you need to take responsibility for every fuck up. You need to take responsibility for every single um, every single component of your life. And when you frame your mind in that way, it's like my my responsibility to myself is that if I say that I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and um, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to crush my cardio session, every time that I don't do it, every time I tell myself like, yeah, I'm going to do it and then I don't do it, it's like when your friend keeps on bailing on you, you like break that bond of trust and then you just stop believing in yourself and I think that is such a... That's a, such a powerful way to contextualize it uh, in your mind is that like your relationship with yourself and your ownership of yourself and your responsibility for all of your actions is all on you. So you got to stop blaming everybody. I don't care like where you're from. I don't care what your story is. I don't care like what it was that you were handed, the, what, what it was that was handed to you or what it was that wasn't handed for you. You either are going to make changes and just do it or you're going to expect that the rest of the world's just going to come along and do it for you. And that's just, 
that's just not the case. And if you're going to sit around and just do that, then that's the kind of life that you're going to have. You're always going to be overweight. You're all, you're never going to be at your goal. You're always going to be like just being frustrated and not feeling confident and just being in a place where you're just stuck forever. And like, if you sit back and you're like, yo, I just don't want to be here 10 years from now. I don't want to be here 20 years from now. Then you got to get off your ass and just do something about it. And like, that's the, that's the black and white of it. If you like, if you're looking for other people to motivate you, that's just, in my opinion, I just think it's pathetic. Like in terms of, other people aren't going to be able to motivate you. Yes, people are going to be able to lift you up and inspire you from time to time, but you have to be the one that's just going to do it. You have to be the one that like wants to change your life. So that's how I see it. No, I mean, I agree with that uh, massively because I have like um, moments like that. So I'll have a conversation like the conversation we're having now. Get off, I'm like massively motivated. I'm like... I'm going to go and do this, do that, do this. And I start to like implement all these things. Two days later, I just fall on my face. I'm just like, oh God, what have I done? And I think for me, like I, I know why I'm like that and what I'm trying slowly to, to change these things and, you know, find my reasons why I need to get up and go and do these things. Um, and I think a lot of uh, parts of me are sort of, um, I'm too harsh on myself. Like I'm my own worst critic. And I'll talk to my friends and they'll be like, mate, you've done this, 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 you know, like, and you're doing really well with this. Like, and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it could be better. It could be something else, you know. And then I kind of see that as a negative and it like bums me down when really I need to see that as like a motivator. Like use, like flip it, do you know what I mean? As if to say like, yeah, well, you know, I haven't done this, but I'm going to make it happen. Douche, like, whereas I kind mm -hmm. of go into that shell, I think sometimes... So, but I agree with you massively. I think mindset and developing it, you, you have to take accountability of your own actions and be responsible for that. It's if for yourself. If you don't go for a run in the morning, it's no one else's fault other than yourself. Do you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people hide away from that accountability. They'll yeah. blame something else. Oh, well, I had to... I had to change a nappy or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, fair enough. You know, change a nappy, then go for your run. Like, whatever, you, you fit it in. It, 10 minutes, do a 10-minute home workout in the front room. It, it kind of, you know, throws people off. Yeah, I do want to highlight it on what you just said there about uh, that happens a lot, right? Like, we have a conversation and we're, like, so excited and then life happens and then we're not able to stick to it. Mm. So I think, I think it's a situation in that kind of, that kind of case like I think it's fine to have goals for yourself I think it's go good to always want more but the way that I always say it like the way that I always like frame it in my mind is like I'm gonna continually fail forward I'm gonna continually fuck up and it's it's just the acceptance of like I want to be further and that's fine but I'm also accepting where I'm at right now versus feeling as though yeah, versus feeling as though, oh, well, I should be doing more, or oh, I should have done this, or oh, I should have done that. Like, and I want to bring attention to the like little bit of excuses stuff. So this week has, well, actually, yesterday was a really, really, really bad day mentally for me. Not in the like not believing in myself or low motivation. I just fucked up. I did so many stupid things. Like I called my wrong person at the wrong time and I couldn't remember my phone number. These are all just kind of side effects of being in competition prep, but I couldn't remember my phone number. So I could have sat there and been like, okay, I'm such a dumbass. Why can't I forget? Or why can't I remember my phone number? 
Also, like, was supposed to transfer the car seat, didn't transfer the car seat, so I drove all the way to the gym, wasted, like, so much of my day, like, almost an hour of my day because I didn't leave the car seat at the house for my fiancé. So, like, I had all of those, like, moments that were, like, fuck, why did I fuck up so bad? And I think that happens, right? Like, and it's the same thing when we're not motivated. We're sitting there and we're like, oh, I just wish I could get motivated or I just wish that, like, I could just get going or I wish that I could whatever you're trying to say in your mind. And you just need to take every freaking experience and being and be like, okay, yes, this sucks. Yes, this is not a situation that I wanted to be in right now, but I'm going to be a problem solver and try to figure out the best solution for this, even if it's like, like it'll, it could be the strangest of situ- strangest of things. Normally, things in our brain aren't as bad as what we think they are. Like yesterday, because I had to cut off the hour, my entire workout was like all supersets, like just like powering here, here, all over the place because I was really, really short on time. And I was really, really sweating my ass off, and that's fine. That's not the way I was supposed to do my workout, but at least I showed up and at least I did it. And I think when those things happen, if we can just be a little bit more forgiving of ourselves, because we're all fucking up. We're all in our own little way. We're all fucking up in some way. Maybe we ate something we weren't supposed to eat it. And we're like, oh, shit, why did I do that? We either create this cycle of, like, feeling guilty and feeling as though, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or we're like, meh, roll with the punches, on to the next thing. And just, like, it's almost like, I don't know, do you guys have Tinder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, so I always think of it in my mind when I do something stupid. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Swipe another one. Oh, swipe another one. Because there's going to be lots of things like that. It's like there's always another thing. You're always going to do it wrong again. You're always going to mess up again. You're always going to have a situation where you're like, ah, shit, I wish I was further than that. But then you can either be like, meh, it's fine. Or you can be in a, a mindset of like, I don't know. Do you guys have Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the little Eeyore, like, like, you know, you can be like that all your life or you can be like a ray of sunshine. But (laughs) no, I think it's um, just trying to make the best out of sometimes like a shitty situation, I guess, is sort of my advice for people when they've fucked up in the damn like, yeah, just, you know, try and make the best of it. Like, look at it from the other side of the spectrum. Like, yeah, you did your supersets instead. You still got your session in. Maybe you didn't train the way you did, but you still turned up and, and got your A game on. Um, yeah. who, who are your, like, do you have idols? Did, is there people out there that inspire, like, not inspire you, because obviously you're inspiring yourself, but is there someone that you look at and you go, oh, like, you know, fucking hell, she's in tip-top shape. I wouldn't mind, like, having a big butt like her or do you know what I mean someone's making loads of money or whatever have you got any sort of idols yeah 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 so uh, okay so a couple of things so my sources of inspiration or the people that inspire me are not not famous people and not not I don't know like idols or whatever my like sources of inspiration I would say is just like women and men that just don't give up and I love just like I love the average Joe I literally am so inspired not even like yeah there's there's people who have great physiques but I it's fine I I, I don't know I that doesn't light me up what lights me up is like I see a transformation picture I hear somebody's story of like them going from where they were at to where they are right now and they just made some massive shifts and that gets me way way more motivated than a chick that has a nice ass or whatever i don't know 
So, someone, yeah. someone, seeing someone going through the grind and sort of achieving something inspires you, like, yeah, to go and average, do it. average people, average people that are just like me, moms who are just like, just doing it. Like, women that I can see myself in and like, I don't know, I love postpartum journeys of like women who, not just competitors, but just women who are like, yeah, I got kids, no big deal. Because I hate when, I don't know, I feel like so many times women especially are like, now that I have kids or now that I'm married, life is different and I don't have time for myself and like, blah, 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 blah. Dude, you got time for yourself. Like just, you can, your, your, your kids, they're fine. Like, my little two-year-old, he's he'll get down, he'll do push-ups with me, he does squats with me. Like he's grown up around that, and he loves it being in the kitchen and cooking and doing stuff with me. Just get your kids involved in all your stuff. My son helps me sweep the floor. He helps me do the laundry. So we, I, I just have him very much actively involved in my life because I don't want my life to stop just because I had a babe. It's like, dude, now you're now you get to be part of my life, and I can show you all these cool things that you can do. So I think women men too but more I see it a lot more with women is that they just they put their own goals or their own self like on the back burner like if I showed you my house right now you would be like holy shit your mouth your mouth your house is messy as fuck and like our house is so so messy and the reason why is like middle of the week my kids in daycare a couple days a week I'm pretty tied up I'm 10 weeks up for my show so I'm really busy with competition prep and I just let shit go. Like dishes are always done, so there's not a like there's not a bunch of dish bunch of dirty dishes. But a crazy two year old, you put the toys away, and then all of a sudden, all the toys are everywhere again. So like, I'm like, ah, it's fine. There's no food or like dirty like dirt dirt. It's just a circumstance of like his markers are everywhere and his cars are everywhere. And you know what? I'm just letting it go. And I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like that's the that's the part of it for sure. What's um, your take on sort of like these Instagram models and stuff? This is off the cuff, by the way, a random question. It just popped into my head. But yeah. you've got all these like Instagram girls, guys, they all look mm -hmm. jacked, 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers. And uh, I don't know, sometimes like I feel like they're setting this body image look mm -hmm. and they're claiming like it's all natural and yeah i got into shape this way and you need to buy your programs yeah. from me and um i think sometimes it has like a negative impact on the average person i mean the amount of people that come into the gym and say oh i want to look like this girl i saw her doing this workout on instagram and i'm like all right well you may be doing the same exercise but are you eating the same are you injecting yourself with steroids like they might be or have you got your butt the bum implants you know what i mean like yeah, all the yeah. all these things and i, I feel like sometimes like the instagram and these like models and stuff like that have this like negative impact do you, you sort of agree big time so at the end of the day at the end of the day i do think it's very bad for the average person to be seeing so much of that because i think it's like amplified that like celebrity it's making like the everyday person a celebrity essentially and it was already unattainable for you to be or look like a celebrity and now we have all of these like people who we believe are like normal or average or whatever that are doing the same kinds of things with steroids or doing the same things with filters and and photoshop and and all those kind of things as well and giving people like a very unrealistic um 
unrealistic view of, of what they can attain, like what they're able to attain. Now, do I think that a lot of things are still possible? Yeah, I do think that like people can make some really amazing physique transformations, but I think it takes a lot longer than what most people see. So most people see on Instagram that like these really hot chicks or these really hot dudes, it looks like instantly they look like that. Yes, they use something to look like that instantly. You, as yourself, are only going to do that by doing the same things that they do. But they go, okay, this is the program that I did. Fuck, it wasn't the program that you girl. That's not the program you did. Like, stop, stop. So that drives me crazy. But I mean, that's what happens is that people see that and it seems like it happened really quickly for them. Like, it seems like it happened really quickly for the Instagram people. And people just think that that is the rate in which it should happen for um, for them. The other big problem I have with Instagram people is that they steal money and a lot of money from people in a way that I don't believe is ethical. So I think they do a lot of harm in terms of that as well. I think that they give programs that are terrible and that can really damage people's health. I think that they recommend a bunch of supplements that people totally don't need and could damage people's health. And even like meal plans and stuff, like a lot of them aren't even certified or have any fucking idea what they're doing. And like, they're like, okay, you guys just eat this shit. And like, that you're not, you don't know what you're talking about. And you give like thousands of girls or thousands of guys the same thing and they're all going to go do it. You can end up with some pretty serious like health risks for people that are following these crazy programs that are out there. Um, and I get really ticked off in terms of exercises because so many Instagram girls do these stupid fucking exercises. Hmm. Like, that is so stupid. Do not do that exercise. That is dangerous. Do not. So, like, my clients know, like, when they come to me, I'm not giving you stupid shit. I'm not giving you the shit. This, like, yes, it looks cool in the video. And look at her, like, her arms. Yeah, okay, whatever. That is, to me, I think stick to... Stick to the things that you know work. Um, and to me, that's basic shit. I don't want like all these like whole bunch of different pieces of equipment and then let's put you in an inst like unstable position. And like most people who see that stuff on Instagram just aren't even ready for advanced movement. So they see all these complex things and it's like they'll write underneath it and they'll be like, oh, this is my workout. Go give it a try and let me know what you think. And like most people should not be giving that shit a try. So it's dangerous to say like, go give this a try and good luck to you, right? Yeah, I mean, touching on what you said as well about the whole making money, it's like they're recommending supplementation because they're, it's like an affiliate link. Do you know what I mean as well? Yeah. Oh, use, use, my, use my code for 20% off. Yeah. And you'll look like me, and obviously people use their codes. They go buy it. They're making money off it, like so. They haven't got your best interest at heart. Not all of them, but most of them haven't got your best interest at heart because they just want to, you know, cash cow in on you, basically. And with the exercise things, I agree with you. You know, keeping it simple. The amount of times I see people doing fucking weird shit, and I'm just like, why don't you just do a deadlift? Exactly. What are you doing? Just just do a deadlift. Like it's gonna work the same muscle group probably twice as hard you're gonna get more out of it and yet you've got i don't know a cable around your fucking neck cable around your ankles <laughs> and you're hanging from the ceiling by your arms and you're telling me it's yeah. working your lower back or whatever i'm like nah don't believe well, it so no. what's your um 
sort of what would you say are the keys to like a successful relationship as well because obviously you know you're you've got a fiance and that what's what's made that blossom and work for you how have you maintained such a obviously i know there's ups and downs my view view is a little different and a little bit unconventional so this isn't for everybody but i truly believe that the success of our relationship came from two pivotal moments and first one was that the first period of our relationship was the first time that I had been sober in, I don't even know. I started drinking when I was, because I grew up in a small town, everybody drinks, but started drinking when I was like 11 or 12. So it was the first time that I had been sober in, I don't know, like, like, like sober for an extended period of time for, I don't know, I don't know, let's say it was over 10 years. So there we started dating. He knew me in college, actually, and he loved, like, it's cute because he kind of loved me when I was chubby, which is, I don't know. <laughs> but we didn't date then. He just kind of told me that he wanted to date me. And we both kind of pursued other things and didn't date each other at that point. But he expressed interest back then. And um, But then anyway, so first time I was sober. So the first time I had ever dated somebody sober, so I'm like clear-minded and like, okay, how do I actually feel? What are my real emotions? What is like... Is there is there chemistry here? Is this like anything that is um, is there anything that's yeah I don't know like that, that that's actually here? So I think it starts with that foundation of like is there good conversation? Is it somebody that like you can see yourself hanging out with? We were just like always really good friends. He always made me laugh, and we were always just like buddy buddy. But I never thought we would like be sexual or intimate or like develop into anything along those lines. But in that clear stated mind, I was like, you know what, this kind of seems like kind of seems like this could be a cool life because there is good communication, um, good communication there from a clear minded standpoint. So I think like communication is like the number one, the number that was the, the number one thing. And then the other thing, which is very, I don't know, not everybody's going to agree with this, is I knew that we would get married after we had a baby, not because we had a baby together, but because that shit tests you in a way that like only the toughest of relationships are going to get through. Because like, there we are, not planning to have a baby, all of a sudden I'm pregnant and I'm like, fuck, what are we going to (laughs) do? And he's like, yeah, and I was almost in second trimester. Like I didn't, whatever. I, we just, I didn't, we didn't know. We didn't know we were having the baby, and I didn't know. For, we, yeah, anyways. So then I was like, okay, whatever. We'll just do this baby thing. And fuck, that first year was tough. Like, so many fights. So many things of, like, how going to parent our baby? We don't know how to be parents. And, like, so many sleepless nights. So many, like, oh, I just need a coffee. And, like, just, like, so many really trying moments on our relationship as we're trying to navigate parenthood. And, like... We didn't end up getting engaged until um, like this past uh, this past September, which was our son was almost two at that at that point. And I was like, honestly, like yes, there's going to be more turbulent times, but I'm glad we experienced that shit ahead of time because there was a lot of doubts when we had my son. I was like, dude, I don't know if I can do this forever. Like we're really bringing out some nasty sides in one another, and I think. The key to a real, like a true relationship or a relationship that's going to stick is you can't be afraid of the messy shit. You have to be willing to like, yes, everybody's going to fight. Yes, 
you're there's going to be all those turbulent moments. That doesn't mean your relationship isn't going to be able to last. It's that you need to put yourself in those situations before you make a big decision like marriage. If it's always been sunshine and roses and you've never had to go through such a big life thing, I don't know. I feel like you you haven't had that true test to know what it's what it's all about or to know what you guys are capable of overcoming. And that's what I feel about like big goals too is that like big goals or big things in your life that seem like mountains that you're going to have to climb and like just seem so hard at the time when you reach the top or you get over to the other side, it's like, okay, I did it. And I think that one of the other keys is that we haven't been afraid to be, go, be going through the messy and like, he deals with me being a crazy competition prep chick, which also is not an easy thing to deal with because there's some strange things. I actually did a body, or I did an episode with him a couple weeks ago where he explained his perspective of what it's like to date a bodybuilder. So that was pretty funny too, like, because he's not a gym guy and not a bodybuilder, and like he is a sports guy and plays baseball and hockey, but like the gym's not, um, not his thing. But, uh, but yeah. So I think that's the other. That's like the second key, and then I think the third key in relation to it and this is another thing that some people think is funny is I think you have to eat the same way or at least be willing to eat the same way in the long term and what I say when I what I mean when I say that a lot of people struggle because they're like their partner is not willing to either eat healthier or willing to eat a certain way and they think that there's a lot of um that can cause a lot of problems because eating is such a big part of your actual lifestyle. So if you're, you're coming home and like, say you want to eat healthier and your husband isn't willing to be on that same, that same page with you, I think the challenge is that you're always going to come home and have the chips and the candy and all the things that are going to be tempting to you. Um, and I, yes, have those things in moderation, but I do think that like one of the keys to a successful relationship is that your lifestyle and like, the way that you eat and the way that you want to spend your time are things that are the same or will become the same in time. So say you decide, okay, you know what? I don't want to be like this anymore and I want to change. You need your partner to be on board with that. And that can come in different degrees. Maybe they're not doing it to the same extent. Like I don't expect that my fiance is going to do the, some of like some of the things like I eat a lot of the same foods. I don't expect that he's going to always eat all of the same foods that I'm going to eat, but he's at least on the same board, not or like same page of it that he's not coming home with like McDonald's every night and being like, Hey, I'm eating McDonald's and pizza in your face. So I think that's something that people don't think about when they decide that they're going to be with somebody forever or when they're kind of dating, they're kind of just like, Oh, well, and even ugh, women are so funny with this. Like they'll they'll be single and then they'll start dating and they'll be like, oh, he always wants to take me on dates and I feel like I can't get like a healthy meal because then he'll judge me. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's going to judge you because you got a salad and be mad at you for not eating a burger in his face. Screw him. You know, like I just think that like that your partner needs to align in terms of lifestyle. I think that's a big, a big part of it. And high five to your fiance for uh, getting out of the friend zone. <laughs> you know what's really funny because he, okay, so he I think he looks better now, but in college, have you ever seen the movie Superbad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know McLovin like the really dorky? Yeah, glasses yeah, so that's and that. Yeah. My, yeah, that's my fiance. I mean, I feel like he's gotten a little. <laughs> 
better than that. But we like to joke about it a lot only because like, I don't know, really, like, like I said, it, it wouldn't have, I never thought it was going to get sexual or like be at where it is right now. I honestly, when I knew him was like, you know what, he's a funny guy. But, like, never was like, oh, I don't know if I could, like, ever be, like, attracted to him, though. But, I don't know. That's just the way our relationship transpired. But it's just kind of a funny thing to think back to to college. We like to laugh about it. So, you started your own podcast as well. What's your podcast about? Yeah, so... My podcast has both solo episodes um, that I do, and then I also have guests on as well. So it's called the Transform Your Life podcast. So it's not always about fitness stuff. It's not always about nutrition stuff, but we do touch on both of those things. So a lot of the things that I'm doing solo episodes about are things that I know a lot about, which is fitness, nutrition, and mindset. But the guests come on and talk about a bunch of different things. So sometimes the guests come on, and they've written a book about productivity so that they'll be talking about that. And sometimes it'll be a guest that comes on like this morning and she's a client of mine, but she's also a competitor. So we were talking about ups and downs and competing, some of the like things that happen after a show. So sometimes we're talking about something more specific about somebody's personal experience about something. Um, I've also in the past had like somebody on talking about intermittent fasting. I've had somebody on um, talking about vegan eating. So kind of has that like health, fitness, nutrition, mindset, uh, uh, like undertone, I would say to it. But the whole thing is about Wherever you are right now, let's try to transform you in some way, shape, or form so that you're not stuck in the same place forever. Makes sense. How many episodes have you done so far? Uh oh. <laughs> 14 or 15 ish? I nice. don't know. Ish. Somewhere, somewhere around there. We started November. November we started. So I put them out every week on Thursdays. No, I mean, it's good that, and I think the name says a lot about it as well, is that you're kind of creating this podcast to, um, you know, sort of enlighten people in a sense with knowledge and sort of an insight into the industry or, you know, intermittent fasting and also trying to inspire people and motivate them to, to transform their life. I think that's a, a nice touch. Whereas I just yeah. seem to just come on and just chat to random people about their lives <laughs> just interested i'm interested in people yeah no that's that's just as cool though some people say like oh, <coughs> so narrow and like it's like i don't know some people will say like in the marketing space like know your avatar and have them just be like this one little like be this one person and like yes i think for some people that can work to be like so pinpointed that it's like you're only talking about one thing, you're only in one zone, you're only talking to one avatar, and that's your only audience. Do I, like, I think that does work for some people. Mm. I find for me, it, it it doesn't really necessarily work that way, and it sounds like it's the same for you, that it's not necessarily everybody that's going to love every episode, but you're going to have a collection of people that are tuning in for, for certain things specifically, um, and I feel like if you can gain some value from it as well, like... Uh, you might as well learn and grow. Um, so I'm sure that the guests you choose are people that you're that you're interested in learning more about. So yeah, I mean, I get um, I'd get bored, I think, of just talking to the same people in the same sort of niche 
same genre or whatever. Like, yeah. just for me, I'd just be like, oh, how many times do I have to hear this drab from someone else? Like, come on, tell me something uh-huh. new, please. <laughs> yeah, but- yeah, same story over and over. <coughs> I've been like diving into more of the like mindset, productivity realm as well, because I think that is like, honestly, I think your mind is like, the piece of the puzzle that people can't get because I think a lot of people like think fitness and like they think like okay if I just have more fitness and nutrition information then I'll be successful right like they think that like okay it's just like I just need to know more about fitness and nutrition and I think if we stop and we think about it I think a lot of people already know a fuck ton right it's Mm -hmm. the application of getting your mind in the right place and the application of productivity that like is the thing that's going to allow for fitness and nutrition to be possible if your mindset is isn't in the right spot and you're like time management and productivity is like not very good you're just you're going to be successful for a short period of time but there's no like sustainability no i agree i mean um i've spoke to sort of quite a lot of people um and they have given loads of sort of inter- different interpretations on how to like manage your productivity and time and how to you know set your prepare your day etc etc and i think if the mindset isn't there or you're not ready to to go through with that then you know ne- you're not necessarily going to get there and i think for every individual there's a different reason why as to maybe they're not uh, applying these factors maybe they haven't got a reason why to apply them um for example like my own situation at the moment if i don't get enough sleep i have the worst anxiety in the fucking world for some reason don't know why just no sleep but yet constantly twice a week at least i'll cut myself short of sleep during those days i'm like oh my god what is wrong with me like everything is just like anxiety heaven like hell and uh yeah i still do it to myself it's like self-harm you know (laughs) (laughs) so what the fuck is going on but i feel like we all have shit like that that we like isn't i feel like we got a lot of everybody has that everybody has like their thing that they're like working on and i think it's good to work on things like you'll i don't know doesn't like progress doesn't come in the form of instantly being like i'm gonna change everything or even i'm gonna change something so drastically and i don't know it's that what i was talking about earlier where we either feel guilty about it or like fuck did it again but on to the next <laughs> today's gonna be better <laughs> but no i'm just gonna show my dog because i've never shown him on the podcast before there what? He is. Dog's name. <laughs> uh junior so this is little junior for for all the fans out there that might check it out he, he's the lifesaver proper good guy <laughs> I thought he might be bar- I thought he might be barking or something because he come out of his bed and he was like huffing i thought oh i hope he's not barking yeah yeah oh well thanks for sharing that yeah no um we'll wrap this up anyways uh is there anything you want to add anything i want to add okay i want to add one more thing so i would say that if you listen to the entire podcast and you're still kind of sitting there and and uh thinking to yourself um what's like, what's the next step, Ange? Like, I'm, I'm in wherever I am right now, and I just, I'm not sure what I, what I should do next in terms of fat loss or muscle gain or whatever it is in terms of your goal. And I think it's 
taking what it is that you really, really want to achieve and then putting that into your mind. And right now, it's going to come back to the competition prep thing. So for me right now, I visualize like every single day what it is that I want to accomplish. And I think that's the biggest key takeaway that for everybody of like, what's my next step? What should I do? I think we need to start by framing it in our mind of this is what I want to accomplish. Seeing that clear path ahead the same way that we would be able to like drive to somewhere and being able to see that clear path in our mind. And I want you guys to take that away as the thing that you start applying as like, I can imagine what it will feel like to like pull up my pants and not have to like lie on the bed and try to jump into them. Or I, I can, I can understand what it would feel like to, um, yeah, for me, like I want to freaking win. I, that that's my goal. So every day I'm thinking like, dude, I got to win. I got to win. And say I don't win. Say I get to the end goal and I'm like, shit, in my mind, I like won. You know what? In my mind, I at least got to experience it. I know that I showed up every day as if, as if I did win and I'll be satisfied with that. But I think that we need to bring that into our mind because our mind often doesn't know what's really happening and what's just something that we've kind of slid into there. So that's the takeaway, guys. And I really appreciate that you Wanted to chat today. I'm excited to see this guy go live. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. <coughs> Sorry, I'll drop your um, social media links, website, iTunes podcast in the description. So if anyone obviously oh. wants to come check that out, that would be really cool. Um, we'll talk off camera anyways, if you're up for that. Yeah. And sure. uh, we'll just have a little recap. But yeah, thank you for your time. I, I really, 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 really appreciate it. It was enlightening to to hear such like inspiration and also tips and little techniques and i think i'm now going to become a pelvic floor physiotherapist it seems like a good idea <laughs> as soon as you said it to me i was sitting here i was thinking that sounds like a fucking good idea like maybe that's where maybe i could start this so i'm gonna have a look at it anyways but yeah thank you i really appreciate it you're welcome you're welcome